Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. With verse 31 tonight, some of this will be a review, but how many of you know review is good? Some folks have said, man, I remember years ago, dad preached on the fear of the Lord like five or six weeks, and a guy got a bad attitude. He was the parent of somebody who was attending the military academy at that time, which that's a whole other story. Something to do with strong structure and discipline sometimes brings out the worst in people. But anyway, I'll never forget the guy goes, and you know what about Sunday mornings? All Pastor Fabian's been talking about is the fear of the Lord. And I was like, wow, you still haven't gotten it. <laughs> wow, you just basically told me what's going on with you, right? So repetition is good. Why? Because it soaks in. You hear something long enough, you believe it. That's why CNN news is crazy. That's why Fox News is crazy. Let's go ahead and throw the rest in there. We got some Spanish speakers in the house, right? Univision is crazy. Telemundo is crazy enough. And you say, why? Why are they all saying the same stuff? Why is it so negative? Because they are not speaking God's word. And you know what's crazy about the news? They give you just enough truth to mess with you. And the rest, most of the time, is a pack of lies. I don't care which news network. You'd be better off going with CBN, Christian Broadcasting Network, or one of those. But that's just the facts, man. You cannot base your life on the news. You've got to base your life on God's Word. Look at this. After this prayer, this is verse 31, right, of chapter 4 in Acts. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. It shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then, someone say then. Then they preached the Word of God with boldness. Boldness is good. You're not afraid. You don't care what they think. And your job is to do everything in love. Is somebody with me? Your job is to do everything in love. It's not always what you say. Have you noticed it's how you say it? The word for that, we learned it in interpersonal communications. Fall of 1996. I remember that class. If that's the one thing I got out of that class was vocalix. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. Right? All the believers were united in heart and mind. Everyone, please silence your phones or I will take them up and sell them on the black and white and green and yellow market. All the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt that what they owned was not their own. This is interesting. So they shared everything they had. Huh. Remember, I, I mentioned this last week. The socks on my feet, I don't get to take those with me to heaven. Which I'm glad. These are really wearing out. But Everything I have, God, God lent it to me. It's borrowed. I said, man, even your kids, yeah, they're yours, but they were God's first, right? And when y'all, we all die and go to heaven, if Jesus does not return in our lifetime, we're going to all go back to the God who created us, right? These bodies will be dust to dust and ashes to ashes, but you will go back to the Lord who created you, you as a believer, all right? So, Let's go back to that verse again. Let, let's linger there just a second. The previous verse. Oh, okay, there it is. You, already, you read my mind. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. You're going to see that this leads to good things. Someone say good things. You're about to see something good here. So hang on. The apostles testified powerfully. Someone say powerfully. I'm keeping you awake on a Wednesday night. I know Wednesdays are great, but sometimes we show up midweek and it's, 
were tired. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection. Look at this. To the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. Let's hesitate there. What is a blessing? Try me tonight. Come on. What, what does a blessing mean to you? We say, man, I'm blessed. Well, what does blessed mean? God's great blessing was upon them all. I'll help you a little. Check this out. The true meaning of the word blessing in Scripture is you don't lack anything. You're at peace. You're walking in favor. You're close to God. You know you're right with God. You're walking in faith, hope, and love. You've got everything that God has pro promised you, meaning you mean all the promises of God, I've already gotten them all? Well, yes, in the spirit realm, you've received them all. But many times in the physical, we struggle to receive what God has already given us. I love it when my dad has asked us over the years, me and Pastor Jen, dad would say, hey, when did you receive that? He'd say, well, we prayed about it. And he, he, would, he would corner us. He'd say, no, no, no. Tell me the date you received it, when you believed that you had it, even though you didn't see it manifest in the physical. And he'd say, write that down, because it's yours. He asked us that. Man, some of the toughest, I remember, man, us, we were going through some tough stuff in 2020. He said, man, because of COVID? No, despite COVID. COVID was the least of it. We're going through other different battles in life. Growing experiences and going through different times. And man, I've, you know, I've, I've testified over and over again, me grieving my mom. And Jen grieving my mom. And others grieving the, the passing of my mom when she went to be with Jesus. Hmm. But let me tell you something. God's faithfulness remains forever. Despite, despite me, through it all, through it all. There was a song by Andre Crouch. Has anybody, anybody been in the Lord long enough to remember Andre Crouch? He used to sing a song called Through It All. People in here thought that was a pop. I thought that was, they was like, no, I don't know that. Is there going to be a pop quiz later? No, don't worry about it. Just a little church trivia. Andre Crouch, he had a song, look it up, called Through It All. He said, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all. Despite everything, man. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's great blessing was upon them all. They lacked nothing. There's a saying that got kind of cliche, I think in the 90s into the early 2000s, it was nothing missing, nothing broken. Well, that's God's blessing. That is actually shalom, God's blessing, which is peace, well-being, right standing with God, hope for the future, excitement, joy, everything you need, all in that word. Great. And people say that sometimes. Hey, man, how are you? Oh, I'm blessed. There's people in the world who say that now. I'm blessed. I'm like, by who? You don't even serve God. Who's, who blessed you? Who blessed you, right? The apostles once again testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing, not just his blessing, his great, great blessing was upon them all. What's the next verse say? This is amazing. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. Did you catch that? Is there any way, Mika, to put that all on one screen, or is that too many words? It, it squeeze it in too small? Okay, let's go back to the beginning of that verse. There were no needy people among them. Why? Say, oh, they, were just, they just didn't have any needs. That, that just happened by accident. No, because those who own land or houses would sell them, and what? Give them 
Bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. So their giving caused them to have no needs. Did y'all catch that? Some of y'all have been there. You say, man, we, we give and we don't, we're not needy. I've seen that in our lives. There's times we go through tough seasons and things happen or emergencies and we go, wow. Now, do we always need something from the Lord? Sure, we believe we have a need, but every, every need that necessaries for daily life, they're all taken care of. That's what that's talking about. They were giving what they had, and God will always honor that and take care of you. It's crazy how none of y'all and none of y'all on the live stream tonight, but there are those who say, I've heard this over the years. See, I grew up in church. I am a church boy. Grew up in church. I know Christianese. I speak Christianese fluently. I've known people who didn't live right, didn't honor God, and they could, amen, hallelujah, glory to God, praise God. They know how to talk at church. I can speak all that fluently, although I, I don't, you know, as a pastor, I praise God, and that's my saying, praise God. But let me tell you something. There, there are those who get really upset when you talk about giving at church. I've always wondered about that. Why would you be upset if Jesus talked about giving, if Scripture talks about giving? You should look up sometime how many verses there are in, in the Bible about giving. And people say, you know what, I'm not going to tithe. That's between you and God. But you know what my dad taught me? He said, do you want 100% cursed or 90% blessed? I didn't. I, I think Ms. Debbie was a math major, I think, weren't you? And I, I'm okay at math. I took some, some hard math. They were a little too hard for me, I think. I was excited to get a B plus. I was, I was like, thank you, Jesus. B is good. I wasn't excellent, but it was good. I was all, man, this is crazy stuff. But 90% blessed sounds to me like it'd be better than 100% cursed. Right? And people get, oh, they get irritated. Let me go ahead and use that word. They get religious. They'll get religious on you. Start talk. I've heard people say, man, why are we talking about money? I'm like, why are you upset that we're talking about money? Because I guarantee you, everybody in this house today, I could be wrong. Maybe you'll raise your hand and say, I didn't. Everybody in this house today thought about money. If you did, raise your hand, and I will say congratulations. Say, I did not think about money once today. Raise your hand. Or the cost of something. Congratulations, Barry. He's on the live stream. <laughs> not, not for him personally, but for the church. Money came up. Directly or indirectly, I'm telling you, it's what, makes, it's what seems to make the world go round. <laughs> They're going to have really great fun with that one. Give Barry a coffee. Decaf. Don't give him caffeinated because, man, caffeine is, it can, be the, it can be from the Lord or it can be from the enemy, depending. Sometimes my wife goes, did you have caffeine? I'm all, Why? Why? Why would you ask if I had caffeine, you know? Money. People think about it. They talk about it. We stress about it. But you know what's powerful? And I'm going to talk more about this on Sunday. Our great purpose in life is to serve God. So when you put God first, Matthew 6.33 says, Give, Matthew 6.33 says, 
Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And it's real simple. I've said this before, but it's not easy. People say, oh, no, that's simple. Praise God. That, yeah, that's, that's simple. I can do. Uh, sometimes it's easier said than done. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I don't know if Dad still has it, but Dad, Dad still has checks. I don't know if y'all still write checks. Some of y'all do. But Dad's checks say God first on them. That's a great reminder, God first. Him and Mom had that before Mom went to be with Jesus, God first. Why? It's a good reminder that it all goes back to God. Everything. Say, man, tithing's not meant, oh, no, no, no. Tithing, that's the law, and that's been, no, 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 no. Let, let me get into something here real quick. I don't know why I'm diverging into this. Maybe someone needs to hear this. Maybe someone on the live stream, but check this out. This is a teaching moment. The Wednesday night is for teaching moments. Even if you don't ever think about money. I'm just messing with you. I'm messing with you, Barry. Barry's like, I didn't say ever. I said today, right? <laughs> he said, I, he's, hear me, man, and hear me well. Thus saith the Lord, right? I, I said today. Folks will say, man, that's the law. Here's what's crazy about when Jesus came, and I want to be very clear about this. Jesus didn't come to do away with I'm going to just interject this. This will be the Matt translation. He didn't come, come to do away with common sense based on God's word, okay? He came to, came to do away with ceremonial law and traditions of mankind. But he also didn't come to get rid of moral law. I believe giving and receiving. You say, man, is that behavior? How, are you sure that's a fine line? Is that moral law? Isn't moral law how we treat God and how we treat mankind? Yes, exactly. Give and you shall receive how you treat God and how you treat your neighbor. Because Luke 6.38, Jesus himself said this, the red letter edition. Give and you shall receive. Why would he say that? At one point, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and he said, yes, you should tithe. But he treated it like it was first grade. He told the Pharisees, you should tithe, but... You need to be concerned about mercy and justice and love and these other things as well. So that's basic. And folks say, that was the law. It's been done away. Actually, it was, sounds like a college class, doesn't it? That was pre-law. That preceded law. Why? Because Abraham was there 430 years before the law was written. 400 plus years. And he tithed. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they tithe. Jacob's, Jacob even said, Lord, if you'll take care of me, I'll give you one-tenth of everything. The grandson of Abraham. Say, well, I'm not going to tithe. Try it. That's the only place in the Bible where God says, prove me. Malachi chapter 3. He says, prove me. Bring your tithes and give your tithe and offerings and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you don't have room to receive. Man, there's time, and we are not rich by any stretch of the imagination, but we're blessed. Our life is one miracle after the other. You know how many pairs of shoes I've given away over the years? I like shoes. I like wearing them. I like looking at them. I notice shoes. I don't know why folks who are raised poor, they like shoes. Anybody else in here? You don't have to raise your hand. I, I notice shoes. Well, those are cool shoes. <laughs> giving away jeans. And, man, I say, why, why do you have to... Give those away. Sometimes it's not a spiritual act at all. It is a spiritual act to God because he said, given you shall receive. That is the ancient law. But I give sometimes because there's no more room. 
what does that prove? That proves that God is faithful and his word works. They had no needs among themselves because they were giving to the needy. Those that needed it, they gave to them. And when you give to God, to your fellow man, fellow woman, you won't have any needs. God will take care of that. He'll take, you won't have any money needs. He will take care of it. Let's go on to the next. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. That's, I, you know who son of encouragement is in this ministry? That's my brother, I think, Jonathan. But I don't think Vali's going to go along with calling him Barnabas. Son of encouragement. He was what? From the tribe of Levi, and he came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. This is interesting that Barnabas is first mentioned. He's first mentioned giving an offering. He came from obscurity into a status of being well-known, even scripturally. He's mentioned numerous times in Acts, and all because he started it all. He came out with a bang. He sold a field he owned, and he brought the money to the apostles. Interesting. You say, man, can you buy a position in God? No. He was giving and receiving. He sowed, and God saw his heart, and God blessed him with more, and God saw him faithful. And he began to be connected to other apostles. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. Next verse. But, chapter 5. But, this is a tough story. Get ready. There was a certain man named Ananias who with his wife Sapphira, don't name your kids Ananias or Sapphira, sold some property. Say, why is this a big deal? Check this out. He brought part of the money to the apostles claiming it was the full amount. So he lied, right? Did y'all catch that? Now this was in the midst of true awakening and revival. I don't mean revival like, hey, we're having revival at our church. Folks, we mean well when we say that, but this is true awakening and revival. God is moving. People are being saved. Demons are getting cast out. Folks are selling houses and giving them to the ministry. They're having church every day. They're meeting in houses daily, breaking bread together, having communion, raising the dead. All kinds of crazy miracles are going on. In the midst of the, the movement of the Spirit of God, he brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, man, and God spoke to these dudes. And they were flawed just like us. The apostles had their flaws. Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? It wasn't that he didn't give all the money. It's that he lied about it. Did y'all catch that? And who knows the condition of it, if he did it for praise of man, probably, but his heart wasn't right. Him and his wife's heart, they weren't right. Said You lied to the Holy Spirit. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. I'm telling you, there's going to come a time. And I know y'all love God, and we love God in here and those on the live stream. There's going to come a time, though, when you're going to see fake Christians who have been playing games with God in these end times, they're not going to make it. Mark my words. Scripture, scriptures are example. Scripture says it was written as an example to us, also to 
reprove and correct and rebuke and edify, build up. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Say, man, that's crazy. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Yeah, that's pretty terrifying. What's the next verse there? Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet. You know what's interesting is those young men didn't even question it. He fell over and they're like, okay, he's gone. They wrapped him in a sheet and took him out and buried him. Wow. He was alive just moments before. Next verse. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Oh, yeah, I know. The grimace, I know. It ain't going to be good. So here's the test. Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? A setup. Yes, she replied, that was the price. They'd already agreed in secret. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the Spirit of the Lord like this? The young, look at the boldness that Peter had. Remember earlier in chapter 4 it said they were, they were filled with great boldness? Look at what Peter said. Look at the faith and power in his words. I can feel the chills right now. The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door and they will carry you out too. Bye. Instantly she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her what? Husband. Let me address something really quickly. I feel led by the Spirit of God to address this for the live stream, for those listening to this later on video, Facebook, or um, YouTube, or on the podcast, those in this house tonight. I find it fascinating that flesh and blood, you know humans, you can study us biologically, and the elements that are found in dirt are found in us. Why? Because the Lord created us from dirt. He was playing in the dirt when He created us. Keeps you humble if you remember that. He was making mud pies. Yay, I made mud pies as a kid. I thought, man, I'm going to convince someone to eat these. It never happened. They looked pretty good, though. They looked like chocolate. I remember I'd put little sticks in them like candles and stuff in the backyard. Before my brother was born, I was bored out of my head. Man. Then we'd do all kinds of creative things. But people, people are apt as humans to go, well, God wouldn't send people to hell. God, and I don't know if they went to heaven or hell. That's not for me to decide. If someone was cursing God and they died, that's not for me to decide because I hear people say, they are in hell. I don't know that. That's none of my business. God decides those things. If they called out to Jesus in the last moment, praise God, I don't know. But I do know this, that God is just. He does what's right. It's interesting that the same humans who will tell you, man, that judge was crooked. He could have convicted him or her for that murder, and he didn't. All he did was probation and five years in prison. But they're quick to call out God and say, God, why did he allow this? Why did he do this? And we don't know the end from the beginning. Did you know humans, many humans, we take a test about information we don't know about? Heavens, we take a test about information we know that's true or false, and we fail it. 50-50 guess. I remember growing up, people said, we're going to have a multiple guess and true or fake. Y'all remember that? And people would do abacadabba. Y'all remember that? A-B-A-C-A-D-A-B-A. Because they didn't know anything. They're all multiple guess. People, I remember some dudes would get a 70 and guess. Abacadabba, it's magic. You're all, what? Yeah, just guessing. But we as humans, we can't even guess a true and false, a 50-50 chance of getting it right and we get it wrong and we have the gall to say god why would you do that isaiah the prophet said at one point he said does the pot does the pot 
Does the clay question the potter? What are you making? What are you doing? What do you think? Man, we don't, we don't know anything compared to what God knows. He gives us little glimpses of his plan. And the rest is what? Someone say faith. Someone say faith. Uh-huh. We either believe or we don't believe. There's some areas, man, I got great faith. In other areas, I said, Lord, remember? From Scripture, I said, Lord, help me. Help me. I believe, but help my unbelief. I want to believe more, but this is tough. How, I don't know how you're going to do this. And that's the beauty of it. I don't know how he does stuff, and I don't understand why he does certain things. People are quick. It's crazy. They'll go through the Bible, and you know what they'll do? They'll use it as criticism for God. I've met people over the years, even believers. They say, well, why would God? I'm like, well, who are you to question him? You're just the clay. He's the potter. He's working on you. You, don't, you, you know not anything. My mom went to go be with Jesus May 26, 2018. She died of cancer at 65. She'd never been a drinker or a smoker, was faithful to my dad, raised kids, didn't cuss, loved the Lord, served him in different places, man, in Panama and Brazil and, and, and northern New Mexico and southern New Mexico and South Africa. We all went on a mission trip one time. She served God and loved him. And she died young of cancer. Man, God, what? that's none of my business. Later on in Deuteronomy, I love quoting this. The things that God has given us, the commandments he's given us, we're responsible for those. But there's hidden things that we don't know about, so we don't even need to, we don't even need to mess with that. There's stuff I don't understand, and I never will. But I never once got an attitude with God about the death of my mom. Never did. Why? Because he knows a lot more than me. Oh, I'm sure I've gotten an attitude with God about other stuff, but I've never been one to blame God. Mm -mm. I remember as a kid, I made a decision. I must have been 10 years of age, and I would see that. I'd see people blame God, and God didn't do what they thought he should do, and they'd get a terrible attitude and leave God and blame. And I remember thinking, you know what? I made an inner vow. I said, Lord, I'm never going to blame you because I don't understand it all. I don't get it all. That story there, I know how people think. And maybe nobody in here, maybe nobody on the live stream, but maybe someone else, somewhere else, when they hear this said, well, who is God to, yeah, who is God? He's God. Scripture says he is Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He understands things. I love this verse, and, and you may not completely understand this reference because I'm still wrapping my mind around it. But he said, if I was, he said, do you think if I was thirsty, I would tell you? You think he needs, and people will preach this. They say, no, God created us because he needs us. He existed always, and he didn't need me before. Why would he need me now? He wants me. That's powerful. That's even better than him needing us. He wants me. He wants you. <clears throat> but he'll go on existing whether we reject him or not. He is God. He makes the hard decisions. He's not afraid to make the hard decisions and get blamed for it. Isn't that something? Let's go on to the next verse. Great fear gripped the entire church. Uh, yeah. And everyone else who heard what had happened. Say, man, weren't they believers? They fell over dead because they lied to the Holy Spirit. The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the what? At the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. But no one else dared to join them. 
That's an interesting verse. So you had thousands join and then the membership stopped? I don't know exactly. At some point, people were filled with fear and respect, but it says no one else dared to join them at this point, even though all the people had high regard for them. Interesting. I don't know if that was for a fear of God or fear of man. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. That sounds almost contradictory, but it's not. I believe that's referring to to religious leaders, that previous verse. But it says more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. Crowds of both men and women. That is interesting. Next verse. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats. Can you imagine this? So that Peter's shadow might fall. Wait, did that might fall. Might fall across some, okay, I missed the word, I'm sorry. I'm English, I'm, I told Barry yesterday, I'm talking like English is my seventh language. Uh, uh, uh. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. I was all, huh, something. Our dog does this when he, he's trying to figure out something. He goes like that, he tilts his head. I was all, did I miss something? Can you imagine they, they were waiting for Peter's, Peter's shatter, shadow. Sorry, I'm having a moment, a 45-year-old moment. Not senior, but midlife crisis. They were waiting for his shadow to cross them. Why? They were getting healed because they touched his shadow. That doesn't make any earthly sense to me. Can you imagine? That, Jesus said, the works I do and greater will you do if you believe. Get ready, those times are coming. Where you say, man, the world is getting weirder and worse and worse, right? Worser and worser. <laughs> Guess what? Scripture says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. You really want to notice some bright lights? Wait for it to get darker and darker, and the, the light in you will shine brighter and brighter and brighter. As the world around you gets darker, your light shines bright. It, his shadow touched some of them as he went by. Wow, amazing miracles. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. Someone say all. Let's stop there. I'll get excited and we'll keep going. That's verse 16. Any questions tonight? I love asking that because y'all aren't going to ask. Let's pray. Father, we honor you and we thank you for your word. And Lord, I'm a flawed messenger, but I tell you this right now, Lord, your word is powerful. Your word is anointed. And Lord, I'm humbled by the fact that I can deliver your word with your help and by your grace and by your spirit. But tonight, even my flawed delivery of your word will bring results because I know it has fallen on good grounds. Good ground, Father God. Great hearts that have received tonight gladly. Scripture says they received gladly and many believed We believe tonight. Is there anyone in the house with your eyes eyes closed and your heads bowed that would say, you know what, Pastor Matt, I've never accepted Jesus or made him the Lord and Savior of my life. I've never confessed him in public. Would you raise your hand tonight and I'll pray with you. I'll pray for you. If that's you, let me pray with you. If that's you, let me pray with you. Those on the live stream, think about it. Think about it. If you, if you died today, where would you go? I want everyone to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father. Say it like you believe it. Say, Heavenly Father. 
help those who are confessing this for the first time say, I believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior. I believe He died and rose again. I cannot live. I cannot. Let's reiterate that. Say, I cannot go on living without you, Lord. Forgive me. Save me from my sin. Save me from hell. Say, Jesus mentioned hell way more than heaven. Save me, Lord. Forgive me. Cleanse me. I humble myself. I can't do it on my own. My righteousness, apart from you, is not enough. Thank you, Father, for your forgiveness. I trust you and I believe in Jesus' name.